a stu stu Studio D production. I was like, well, if you have a seizure, you guys both have to have a seizure at the same time so that I can record it. And I was like, I was like, well, I'm making a seizure playlist because I made that joke to Kyle. I was like, oh, I'll make a seizure playlist. And that way, the next time I have a seizure, you can play it. Kyle's like so traumatized oh, from, from like seeing Kyle. me. You know, he was like, stop it. He's like, we're so joking about it. it bugs I me. actually think that I could see that being a way worse no, experience yeah, for, for Kyle. Kyle than yeah, you. no, I don't remember any of it. Oh, so I could just be guy. like, ah, no, but he was that like, it's always worse. For the people that have to witness yeah. it, unless you've got, like, actually injure yourself. Well, Sit down, I want to tell you a story, a really weird and messed up story, with murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. I can talk about it here, because my husband's so It's effed up, story time. everyone welcome to effed up family story time i'm salem and i'm hannah <laughs> and here today we have kelly hello <laughs> and Belle. what <laughs> all right so. i liked that it was different i was listening to you the other day listening to the podcast the other day and i was like every time salem says it the same I way sound exactly the and same now it was different. <laughs> now there's a different one so how are we all doing yeah good yeah, it's good yeah we're sure. settling into the way things are now the new norm bell basically lives with me <laughs> yeah we're like, we're going to become twins. We've started dressing alike. We work at the same place. She's at my house all the time. We've started acting alike and thinking alike. I Hannah, like you, you always have done that, though. You need to come over well, more. I was always joking. I've been joking with Kyle for the last, like, five years that I'm becoming mom. Mm -hmm. Just, like, remembering from... Well, I'm pretty convinced I have ADHD. You've pretty much convinced me with all the, like, oh... Like, I'll say something about something I did. Oh, that's a sign of ADHD. And then I'll say, something. well, that's also a sign of ADHD. And then George and I were driving in the car yesterday, and he said something about how I was going to do this. And then I got distracted, and I don't know why I get distracted. I said, because you have ADHD, honey. You and I both. <laughs> like, it's like... Do you think you both have ADHD or ADD? I don't know what the difference is. I don't think is. they use ADD anymore. I think it's just ADHD I think it's just now. ADHD. I thought that was the case it, like, too, but I don't across know. Across the board? Yeah. Because there is a distinction in, or there was, I mean, I don't know what there is now, but there was a distinction because ADD was attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And it is where having that attention deficit disorder impacts your activity your hyperactivity and so there's often you see that like in kids anyway like you see Belle. the like bouncing off the wall sort of attitude whereas attention deficit can be like not include that activity energy and it could be more manifest in like and i am i don't know what i'm saying world so i could be wrong but like manifest <laughs> in like more the like getting distracted but you're just kind of like sitting and zoning out and like so it might look different Maybe because George it doesn't have the, the energy ADD. but i don't know they're saying that they don't they're not because not a difference anymore i think i have adhd because my hyperactivity is in my brain is and I not, think that's part of it. I think that's her and why I they were talking about how we have ping, okay. like pinball brain, They're where just, it's just like bing, 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 bing all the time. You know what George did today, which was really fucking funny. So he's in the kitchen, and he's like, "Hey, you want a hot pocket?" He bought hot pockets while he was at Walmart. He's like, "Hey, you want a hot pocket?" I was like, "Sure." He's like, "Okay." And then he's like, "Hey, can you check on that order? I ordered some strings. Can you see if it's going to be delivered?" And I was like, "Oh, it says it's going to be delivered Tuesday." It's like, "What the fuck? It was supposed to be delivered today." So then he comes over and we go th through this whole thing about how he didn't select the extra money to get it over because you know how it'll say on Amazon like 
get it today. Oh, yeah. But you have to actually select the delivery method because it costs more money. And he didn't do that. And so we canceled it. And then the next thing you know, he's like in the garage and he comes out and he's putting gloves on. He's like, I'm going to go pull some weeds. And he goes out in the backyard <laughs> and he's like out there for 20 minutes pulling weeds in the garden. <laughs> and you still haven't gotten your hot pocket. <laughs> and he hadn't even started it. Like he came back in and I was like, hey, so where's that hot pocket? I was just joking. He's like, oh my God, why did I even go outside? And I said, because you have ADHD. Like it's okay. We need to start like normalizing it instead of like, I'm so fucked up. What's wrong with me? It's like, oh, I have ADHD. That's why I did that. It's a funny quirk of mine. And just go on. I mean, he made me a hot pocket. We sat down, we ate hot pockets together. Everything was fine. Like the world didn't end. It was okay. But but we stigmatize it. Try to make people feel like there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's the problem. Although I do want to say that ever since I started my Adderall, because like the ADHD paralysis got really, really bad for me. And then my depression got really, really bad. And it, I mean, like, yes, we shouldn't stigmatize it, but I also think that there's no problem in needing a little help. No, not at all. Absolutely not. All right. Well, it's time to move on to our story. And this week, Kelly is telling the story. What do you have for us? Yay! 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 Um, I'm not on the podcast very much anymore, so every time I'm on, I'm going to have to tell a story from me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it seems like that. It's been a while. It has it's been, been a while. while. I'm glad to be back. Uh, the story that I'm going to tell today is all about the hail bop comet. Woo! Un-effed up things there. And the Heaven's Gate cult. Very effed up. Very effed up <laughs> things. <laughs> a little bit of both. Woo! Yeah, bad things. <laughs> bad things, things fun, fun things. things. Yeah, there you go. I think that's <laughs> gonna be our new motto: bad things, fun things. Yay! Well, let's start with fun things because Good. I did. The entire first half of my story is basically not gonna be messed up at all. That's in great any way because uh-huh. comets are cool. I don't know if you comets all know this, cool. but comets are very, very, very cool. <laughs> very cool. You very? They're very, very cool. So uh, the Hale-Bopp Comet, that's where we're going to start our story. The Hale-Bopp Comet was one of the most viewed comets in human history. Probably the most viewed comet, but like, how do you count that? But it probably is the most viewed comet ever in human history. It was visible to the unaided eye for a record 18 months, which is twice as long as the previous record holder, the Great Comet of 1811. Nice. Aww. Also, same, same. <laughs> I knew Hannah would react like that because the musical Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet, Comet of 1812 <laughs> was incorrect. Made, I don't know. I didn't look it up, what but made me, made me super confused. I did look up, am I wrong about the name of the musical? And I'm not. It is the Great Comet of 1812. Huh. And then I did look up the Great Comet of 1811, which is a thing. So I don't, I mean, I guess I could have looked up the dates and maybe it went into 1812 and the maybe. events of the musical take place in 1812. See, I would have just Googled, is the Comet of 1812 the same as in the musical? Well, of that musical is based off of War and Peace. Yeah, that's, yeah. So d- did War and Peace Did take War and Peace then? predict? <laughs> I don't know. I could have Wait, answered all of these written? questions. I don't know. I don't know. I could have Maybe answered these questions with simple Google search, but I didn't. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so I don't, I'm assuming, I just assumed it was the same comet, the great, because great comets are pretty rare. Yeah. A great comet means that it, 
is really really bright i guess <laughs> don't know there's probably more like uh char- characteristics or requirements there but it also is kind of vague like there's vagueness around it and like some people are like that's not a great comment and other people are like that is a great comment that's a pretty shitty comment actually <laughs> that's a mediocre uh, comment that sounds okay uh, but I just assumed, because Great Comets are rare, that Great Comet of 1811 was the same as Great Comet of 1812. So, anyway, the point is, <laughs> Hail Bop <laughs> was visible for twice as long as that comet, uh-huh. and it set the record. And it uh, because it was visible for so long and because it was extremely bright, that is why, and because of the time period in which it was visible, that is why it is most likely the most viewed comet of all mo- time. Most people could see it. It's like, and I, one person said, I think I have a quote in here about some person. I predict this could be the most viewed comet in all human history. This will be one of the brightest objects in the sky. It'll be hard for the average person not to see it. So it's kind of like everyone's going to see it. It's just a matter of if you like care about what you see. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone's going to see it. That Some guy said that. That's the quote. He was an quote, astronomer. Some guy. Oh, he was some, an astronomer at the Harvard-Smithsonian some, Center for Astrophysics. That sounds important. So that guy said that. Did you figure anything out about the Great Comet? It had the longest duration of brightness on record before Hale-Bopp, and it was 260 days. So I feel like it's very likely that, that it, it went, went over 1812. Because yeah, that's like most of a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I mean, did it start, does it say? Because if it started any time after February, then it would have gone into 1812. <laughs> Why does April that? maybe? But yeah, right. It's a, so it says here which comet was the Great Comet of 1812, and the answer is the Great Comet of 1811, formerly designated <laughs> C slash 1811 F1, is a comet that was visible to the naked eye for around 260 days, the longest recorded period of visibility. Until the appearance, so it's of the same comet. comet. It was Hale-Bop. discovered in March of that year. So then it went into. So it went, so into, it went into eighteen twelve, and so that's why. Okay, there sure. we go. This is not a story about that comet, but now we know. <laughs> now but now it's we the know. same comet, now right? Now we know no, that the musical. No. Oh, it's not Hale Bob. No, no, no. So let me tell you about Hale Bob. <laughs> totally different comet from the Great Comet of eighteen eleven. So Hale Bob, Hale Bob, 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 comet. <laughs> was uh, got the new record, so it was viewed for eighteen oh, months. Okay, so that was the old record was half the length. So the Hale Bob comet was visible beginning in May of nineteen ninety six. It was brightening, um, and then it like it it stopped brightening in the second half of the year, and then it came really close to the sun, not in physical location, but in like the alignment, so you couldn't really see it for a while. So at the end, in like December of 1996, it was kind of like not blocked by the sun, but it just wasn't as visible. But then moving That's into 19, 19- born. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. In 1997, then it um, it's it's hard to explain because it spread away from the sun in alignment, but then it was getting closer to the sun. If that makes sense. Okay. In 1997, it became very, very, very bright. And okay. in January, it was as soon as it reappeared, it was already bright enough to be seen for anyone, even from large cities with light polluted skies. Mm. I think I remember seeing it when Hannah was a baby and Jerome and I driving so and being like, "Is that Hale Bob? I think that's got to be Hale Bob." Just the comet. You in could the just air. see it from from basically anywhere, and it looked like it was just standing still because it's so fucking far away. You couldn't really like to the naked eye when you're just driving down the street and you see it. It doesn't look like it's moving at all. It seems yeah. very yeah. slow, oh, yeah. almost like the moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly like that. 
So um, the thing, the other thing that made it possibly one of the most viewed comments in human history was that the internet was becoming a thing around 1996. Oh. And so there were lots of websites that were tracking the progress, providing daily images around the world. Mm-hmm. And so it really created like a huge interest in this comet. And then just the fact that it was for so long, like even though it wasn't visible for those, I don't know how long it was, like a month or two in the middle, it was an 18 month period where it was visible Um, either with assisted through telescope or just like you walk out your door and you see it. And so uh, because of that, it was able to like a lot of public interest was able to be generated about it. Uh, On April, let's see, on March 22nd, 1997, that was when it had its closest approach to Earth. And then on April 1st, 1997, that's when it hit the perihelion, which means it was the closest to the sun. And then after that, it was shining extremely, extremely bright, brighter than any star in the sky except Sirius, which is the brightest star in the sky. And it had a dust tail that stretched 40 to 45 degrees across the sky. So it was visible well before the sky even fully got dark. Mm -hmm. That's when I remember, like one time in particular, I remember seeing it. I think that's what it was was um, we were driving home from mom and dad's trying to get home in time for the Simpsons. And, but it was still um, a little bit light out. And that's why we were like, is that hail Bob? I don't know. It's not even dark yet, but what is it? And it was just there. It looked like a comet and it was just there in the sky. Where would it have been in relation to us here? Like, would it have been in the West in sky, the sky or in the East sky? <laughs> I don't know. Or in the up, up, up? Because it was in the... I think it was close to the... In some of the pictures I saw, it was closer to the horizon in the Northern Hemisphere. Because it was in the West is where we saw it. It was in the West sky and it was close to the horizons above the mountains. So I saw one picture that had like some sunset colors on the bottom and then it in the sky. And so that would imply West, right? Because the sun sets in the if West. it was a sunset, not so, a sunrise. Yeah. Yes, but I don't know what it was that I was looking at. But yeah, I think that's what we <laughs> saw. It was cool. Anyway. Yeah, so it was a super cool comment. A lot of people were really excited about it. Um, part of why it was so bright was because it had a very large-sized nucleus. Mm. Um, so the nucleus of Hale-Bopp had a diameter estimated to be 25 and 40 miles across. And the most comments... is the powerhouse of the cell. Incorrect. Right. Nope. What is it? What's oh, it's mitochondria. <laughs> I just was like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something... Uh, I didn't know comets had nuclei. The nucleus is the brain, right? I I don't know. I think the nucleus is the core. That's what they say. Like the little, yeah, like the little brain part. The the, yeah, the part that's on fire. Uh, Most not of (laughs) most nuclei are thought to be more than ten miles. Most nuclear are thought to be no more than 10 miles across. I'm trying to go back to like my sixth grade size class right now. (laughs) That's a cell, and we're talking about comets. I know. Yeah, come on, pay attention. <laughs> we're talking about come a come a come a come a come a comets. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yep. It comes, so it goes. The comet was bright. It's really bright. <laughs> it was a very bright comet. Has that been established? Very, 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 very bright comet. Keep us on track, but I don't know what I was going to say. It's in the sky. <laughs> it's very bright. <laughs> That was beautiful. Okay, so uh, in addition to this being one of the most viewed comets ever, ever, there are over 5,000 images of this comet available, maintained on a NASA website. So it's also like a highly photographed comet. So just the combination of the fact that it was so long visible, it was very, very bright, exceptionally bright, um, and it had the internet that got people all excited about it. So all these things made it just like one of the, probably the most viewed comet ever in all of land time. 
That's cool. Land time. Beautiful <laughs> hail bop. It's so sad. <laughs> what is the word of all of mankind? Is mankind? that what I'm trying to Maybe all, all of time. So. Maybe all just of all of time. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, in addition, this was a very a very rare wow. comment. Oh, Belly's got pictures. It looks wow. cool. In I addition to all of that cool stuff. That's not what we that's not what I saw. <laughs> that is what it looked like, kind of. Okay. I mean, that's hail bop. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just whether you saw it like zoomed in through a telescope or whether you saw it from your naked eye, it would look different. Yeah. Another reason why people were super into it and around this time um, was just because it was extremely rare. They determined that it was about 4,200 years ago that hail bop last passed the Earth. So people felt like they were seeing a really rare experience, whereas Haley's Comet is like every 76 years or something like that. Yeah, so like people so, could actually see it twice in a lifetime mm-hmm. or be alive for it twice. Yeah, and, yeah. whereas hail bop it had been 4,200 years. I guess its orbit actually changed because I think they think it hit Jupiter. So now it will next come back in like 2,300 years. Still not going to be here though so it felt Says like you. it felt like a really rare event i'll still be here watch <laughs> okay so i want to tell you about how hail bop was discovered we're still in the fun things part this is yay a, fun, things. Bad things, fun things this is a fun things bad things um so the fun things <laughs> part is still so hail bop was discovered i find it really interesting so i want to tell about it hail bop was discovered on july 23rd 1995 and it was discovered on the same n- night by two independent astronomers in oh, different cool. parts of the world so they validated each other they did so alan hale they like to say that it was discovered by two amateur astronomers um, Alan Hale actually is a pro astronomer and that like he has a PhD in astronomy and he like makes money doing that but he was just in his front yard in his driveway using his home telescope so I think maybe that's why they call him an, an um, amateur and then the other guy was an amateur so kind of cool that this big giant thing was first discovered by two people just like looking he was telescopes. using like an amateur setup maybe I mean yeah I think it like is probably pretty fancy because <laughs> like, <laughs> like he, a very expensive he had amateur a PhD setup but he wasn't like on the Hubble telescope and I think he wasn't like being paid to look for comets he wasn't he astronomer was just in his spare time <laughs> yeah like he was a paid astronomer like he had some research center or something but he was just in his driveway at his house or or maybe he was an amateur. I don't know. What makes a pro? What makes an amateur? If you get paid I think for just it. getting paid for it, yeah. So if he, he didn't got... get paid to look for comets, then he's an amateur. Yeah, I don't know what he's he got paid for. Amateur comet seeker. I don't know, but he was in his driveway in New Mexico, and it was a particularly dark area in New Mexico. He had already observed over 200 known comets, like just knowing that they exist. He had observed over 200. So he's in New Mexico. Do we know he was looking for comets, or was he looking for UFOs? Both. I think if you found either, it'd be pretty cool. He actually was 100% looking for comets. (laughs) Sorry. Because he was actually looking for a specific comet he was just trying to track that he knew was going to exist. I believe. I don't know. He was just looking. But he also looked at the M70 area, which is a cluster of stars. And so he was looking. Yeah, here it says he was waiting for an already discovered comet to rise over his house. So he was out there for a specific purpose for a specific oh, comet. Okay. But while he was hanging out, he pointed the sky up at M70. And as soon as he looked, he saw fuzzy objects that wasn't there a couple weeks earlier when he had been looking at M70. So he he saw this fuzzy object and he was like, oh, that I don't think that was there when I looked at M70 a couple weeks ago. He checked his atlas 
And then he checked in the Central Bureau for Astronomical Telegrams, which is uh, like the tracking, the place where all like the known astronomical items are like tracked as a part of the Harvard Smithsonian Observatory. And it was not an already known object. He could not find an already known object that it would be. So then he was like, okay, I know that I found a comet, a brand new comet. Yay, Alan Hill. I'm a discoverer. Good job. So he emailed the Central Bureau for Astronomical Telegrams. He then like tracked it a little bit, make sure it was actually moving, and then emailed them again and said, yes, it's moving. And then he sent a third email to say like, hey, you know, here's everything that happened. Here's all the details, blah, blah, blah. So then there's hops. So this is like this. <laughs> I think this is really funny. This is He's like... This, like, astronomer, and he's emailing, and he's tracking in the sky. And then there's Bop, who he's also, like, an amateur astronomer, and he, like, knew about the sky, but he didn't even own his own telescope. He was out using a friend's telescope that had that his friend had, like, made. It was, like, a homemade telescope. And they were looking at the sky when he saw something um, that, se- that he hadn't seen before. He checked the star map, so he knew how to do all that and stuff. And there were no other deep sky objects known to be near M70. So then he wanted to alert the Central Bureau for astronomical telegrams. And this is where I think this is so funny. He didn't have cell service on his 1997, probably Nokia brick phone. Mm-hmm. So he um, he was he left and then he stopped at a payphone on his way home. But then he's like, oh, I don't have the number for the Central Bureau for astronomical telegrams. So then he made it all the way home. And then and he took the name literally, like Central Bureau for Astronomical Telegrams, and he thought he had to send a telegram. <laughs> so he sent a telegram via Western Union, which I guess then ends up just being a call. I guess they like picked up the phone and got the telegram via the phone. Um, and so then he reported his discovery through Telegram, and the guy who runs the bureau said nobody sends Telegram any, <laughs> anymore. I mean, by the time that Telegram got here, Alan Hale had already emailed us three times with updated <gasps> coordinates. <laughs> oh, so he lost just but because they couldn't determine who had actually t- uh, identified it first. So, because it was both like in the night hours, early morning of the twenty third, and so because. Hale submitted the email first. His name got to go first. So Hale, but then Bop also got his name attached. So that is how it became the Hale Bop. Was Bop also in New Mexico? Oh, no, he was in Arizona. Oh, okay, okay. He was in Arizona. That is, that's really cute. That is pretty cute. <laughs> I, and that's the kind of dumb shit that I, I would do. do. <laughs> to be like, oh, like, the Central Bureau of Telegrams. Oh, I, I have to telegram. send a telegram. <laughs> How the fuck do I do that? And like yes. just the stopping at a pay- public payphone and then being like, I don't, I don't know, know how to get a hold of him. Like, he just sounds a little like bumbling. And I find well, that really Well, he was really probably endearing. so excited. Yeah. yeah. He was probably so like, just that's like, so oh my fun. God. Yeah. And so excited that totally um, any one of us in this family would do shit like For sure. I did text Kyle while you were telling this story and asked him if we could buy a telescope for the next time we go camping because now I just want to look at this guy. If Maybe you buy a it? telescope in The Sims, it gives you more of a chance of you know, being abducted. You know, <laughs> Brian, when he lived in this house, had a pretty, I mean, it wasn't like a super fancy, but he had a pretty nice telescope that he took out like three times a year when he knew there was going to be some event, but we never used it. And I always regret that because now he has it at his place and he can take out whenever well, you know he wants. Matt has like a really big, nice Orion But it's not telescope. here. I want a oh, telescope no. and <laughs> I want cornhole and I want to go camping every week. <laughs> We've set it up in our backyard before to look at the moon. If you Have do you set been... it up at any point in time and you want to invite me over, I would love to come over. And we and take it. Ca- the... Well, we got a smaller one to take camping. It's not as good. It's as probably more one, like the one that Brian but... had. Yeah. So they found a comet. 
Woo! Yay! Yay! I didn't really tell you what comets are, any of the science about any of that, but you can Google it probably. Comets are like floating rocks that shoot, <laughs> that, that are big. They're asteroids that are big enough that they can get caught in the orbit of planets and or of suns, right? I don't know if you would call it an asteroid because it's also most comets, that's what I thought, are icy. And so it's like a ball of the like, gas. And then it's as it's like releasing its gas, it's, it's what, what makes the trail. It? It's what makes the trail. Oh, so the it's not orbit, just getting caught in the orbit. Yeah. The trail isn't like a fire like on a rocket that's shooting it. It's just <laughs> trailing behind it. And it's in orbit. So what, it's like creates... how Mars moves in orbit, but Mars doesn't have a gas So the comets trail. do just, they get like sucked into an orbit and they just follow the orbit. They don't have any propulsion or anything, right? It's just the orbit that moves them. Yeah, right? but it's okay. not necessarily a chunk force. of like an asteroid. It's more ice and gas. It's like a combination of ice and rock and dust and fro- like frozen That's gases. Like, what's the nucleus? Like an then? asteroid is like, it's the powerhouse of this. No, what's <laughs> in a comet, what's it's the, the nucleus? It's the core. <laughs> They, oh, they once termed it dirty snowball <laughs> or icy so. dirt ball. So that like chunk of frozen. That's the ice. And then around the it is the gas. Is all the gas coming off of it. Yeah. And then the tail is just the gas being pulled from the force of being moved through the orbit. Well, then is it a meteor, yeah, right? like a chunk of a... Is a, mete- a meteor is something that hits the earth, right? No. Is that the difference? Because you can watch a meteor shower. Yeah, a meteor is oh. in the sky, a meteorite. Hits the earth, there, right? Yeah. So, what's the difference between a meteor and a comet? Meteors are rock. I think meteors are entirely rock. They're asteroids, then. Yes. Okay. But an asteroid but isn't pulled in. Isn't an asteroid like, is the free floating rock in space. And then when it gets pulled so. in, in into an orbit, it becomes a meteor. This is funny watching, so. listening to people who don't know anything about science trying to explain science. Matt, we're all bars. So I figured out the difference between a meteor, meteor, meteorite, and all that. So a meteoroid are the rocks from, and they say that it can, anything from small dust to larger asteroids that float through space. A meteor is when it comes into our um, atmosphere, and then because it hits our atmosphere at high speed, it's burning up. The fireballs is what makes it the shooting shooting star. star. And then it's called a meteor when it's in our atmosphere. And then it's a meteorite if it hits the ground. Oh, and then is an asteroid just like a very large particle of something in space? I don't know. Okay, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) We're good. He's like, I already Googled it once. That's a good enough explanation But the difference, the big difference is that comets are definitely the ice gas balls. gas balls, okay. And they are in orbit. They are pulled into an orbit. And that is why we can see the same comet repeatedly over time. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just about to make it a little more effed up. I was going to say, do you want to hear more about the Hale-Bopp comet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in November of 1996, so this thing had been visible since May and it had been discovered in July of 95, there was another amateur astronomer named Chick Shremick. <laughs> That's how you should pronounce his name because I Chick think he's dumb. Chick Shremick. So he was looking at the comet and took an image of the comet and it showed a fuzzy, slightly elongated object nearby the comet. So he Uh had a computer sky viewing program that could not identify what that object was. So Shramik, that's how I want to pronounce his name forever, (laughs) called, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it, but I don't care. He called the Art Bell radio program. This is Art Bell! Coast to Coast AM. 
On the program, he announced that he had discovered a Saturn-like object following Hale-Bopp. So then UFO enthusiasts, it wasn't necessarily this am- amateur astronomer that I, I him being mean to, but other UFO enthusiasts, um, including one in particular, concluded that there was an alien spacecraft following the comet and that many people started calling it the companion to hail Bob. I remember that. So, and then it, uh, the Art Bell Coast to Coast AM program became a big place for people to come on and discuss this companion to hail Bop that was a UFO and what did it mean. Now, spoiler cool. alert. What? I said cool. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> spoiler alert. It was determined, Alan Hale was one of the astronomers who determined pretty quickly that the object that was seen was a star. And the star was is in all the systems, but it apparently Shramex uh, computer program didn't have the user preferences set correctly, so it wasn't showing it. And so then he's like, I'm a dummy. My computer program isn't set up properly, so this must be an unidentified object. <laughs> and all the world was like, yes, it's a UFO. Oh, UFO. And then well, I mean, technically, Alan UFO Hale. just means unidentified flying object. So if he can't identify it and it's in the yes, sky. Yes, except that Alan Hale and all other astronomers were like, no, that is SAO141894, <laughs> which is actually its number. I have it right here. Art Bell also claimed to have another image of the object from another anonymous uh, astronomer. However, it was later confirmed that there were two astronomers at the University of Hawaii who said that that was actually their photo and someone just altered it to put in like a UFO type object. Oh, so they're even discounting the authenticity. The other, this was another fo- photo. Another oh, photo that, the one Art, that Bell Art Bell had. got. Because, you know, Art Bell fueled this without a doubt because that was the oh, whole absolutely. purpose of his show. And I remember dad listening to Art Bell and coming home and talking about the companion that they saw behind Hale Bob. And I listened to it, but I would listen to it when I was like falling asleep at night and so I don't remember all of the I remember Wormwood specifically and for some reason I thought it was a comet but it's a star so it's probably completely unrelated but and I remember sort of hearing about had the, on the show was like talking about and originally the show was a lot of conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and a lot of, and then they moved more into the paranormal and most of it was just bullshit and frankly. it was people calling in it was regular yes. callers a lot of the time and well and stuff but i don't remember the host now but i would listen to coast to coast when i would like get ready for work in the morning like pre-covid well but yeah then, because then it was that one guy mike <clears throat> something or gary uh, someone gary gary something and then, you know, that um, Henry Zabrowski has hosted the show or been on and been oh, on yeah. the show a uh, few times. But I would, like, listen to it. And then when COVID happened, they got really weird conspiracy with COVID. And then I stopped listening. They were always it. very conspiracy. Yeah. Oriented. And they were, you know, kind of right-leaning like, as far as they know. And are fun. But, like... But yeah. and, but anyway, Art Bell definitely fueled this a little bit, and they had all this conversation about it. So the point is, it was entirely disproven relatively quickly. Like, yeah. no, in that picture, that is a star. That picture, it is fake and it is doctored. Um, so there is no companion. There is nothing behind Hale Bop. But that was already out there. The idea was already out there, and so then speculation ran, ran rampant. And now yeah. we will take a break. Break. <sighs> nice. Thank you. Good way to end the first half of this episode. I'm just trying to give you lots of burps. All right. That was good, Callie. That's good. Yeah.
We're back. We're back. And we're back. Talking about comments. What do you all know about the Heaven's Gate cult? I know a decent amount about it. Do you? Yeah, I think so. Do you know it from like listening to stories after, or do you remember anything? I mean, you were I you was were like, like a three literal months old, infant. But, <laughs> but like, do you? Is there anything in like pop culture that reminded that taught you about it, or did you listen to like a podcast recently? Like, how do you know about Heaven's Gate? I mean, I think a little bit about both. Mostly the I've listened to like podcasts about it. Also, there was um, in the Museum of Death. In L.A., there's, like, a little room that's, like, a recreation of it, which is a little fun. That sounds horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that's not cool. Uh, I mean, it's the Museum of Death. What can yeah, you expect? Yeah, Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, everyone talked about the the Nikes. Yeah. Oh, don't give too much away yet. But, yeah. Was, I don't remember just that. the Nikes. <laughs> Do you remember anything, Salem, from about the Heaven's Gate? Yeah, I remember that they thought that the world was going to end when at a, on a certain day, right? So they all killed themselves is pretty much what I remember. I thought, isn't it because they wanted to join the UFO that was like trailing the comet? Yeah, and they, if they like, killed themselves to leave on their a certain day, then they would to. be transported. Okay, so you all know quite a bit. Well, then we should jump back into it because otherwise you're going to give away my whole story. Yeah. <laughs> But that's okay. I won't ask questions if I don't want answers. All I really knew about it, I think I learned on I Love the 90s. Do you remember that VH1 show? I do. Uh, it was like 2003 and they were releasing like a whole <laughs> I Love the 90s series. And I didn't know at the time how bizarre that was because I was all like, oh, yeah, the 90s back when I was young and grew up. The 90s just the 90s, ended. And it like just ended. But so on one of the I Love the 90s, they talked about it. And I feel like it was like a joke. Right. And like, yeah, the whole, I think like everything was just it. like such a joke about it. Yeah. That I don't think I ever knew like a lot of details. So. I can tell us a little bit more about the Heaven's Gate cult, uh, but not as much as other things can. Like, there's a documentary series on HBO Max, which I did not watch. There's a good there's last a... podcast, like, couple oh, of okay. episodes, I think. You can get in deep with it, so I'm not surprised they did a couple. Yeah. And there is a 10-part series podcast with, um, what's his name, Glenn Washington? Is that his name? The guy who does uh, Spooked and that other show. Bell should know. <clears throat> but so he know. he does a has a podcast on it so you can get to oh, a lot more oh that's detail. not the one you listen to i'm sorry i was thinking of a different one i listen to spook and i don't know his name <laughs> i think it's glenn washington and he's cool i like him so anyway Me there's too. lots of places you can get deep i'm not going to get real deep because we just have half a podcast left to go but i want to talk a little bit about how messed up the heaven's gate cult was they were a new religious movement but we can pretty confidently call them a cult it was actually founded in 1974 their leaders were Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite, and the people within the movement or the cult or whatever called them tea and dough, as in like, don't make me fall so long, tea dough, tea dough. So they were tea dough, tea dough. Yeah, I didn't actually sing the scale, I just said it on weird I mean, did sounds. people have to talk to them like that? Like, hey, tea. <laughs> no, they did not have to sing their names. Where's dough? 
But their names were T and Doe. Those were the same note, Mom. I know they were. Because <laughs> I suck at singing. <laughs> so um, what's their, their names? Nettles and Applewhite met each other in the 1970s. And they started like reading a whole bunch of texts and studying texts, including the Bible and science fiction and different teachings of theologists and philosophers. And they kind of came together with like their core beliefs of what they thought was was true. So they picked and choose between religious and fantasy texts, basically, and made their own religion. That sounds like what I did back in the nineties too. Yeah, I mean, we all have to, we all have to decide what feels right for us. So they did that. Um, the primary belief was that they would ascend from this life to the next level. And this was related to um, the ideas of, like, extraterrestrial beings. So they believed that they could transform themselves into immortal extraterrestrial beings or that they were extraterrestrial beings within physical human bodies. And they had to, like, reject their human nature in order to ascend to heaven or what they called the next level or the evolutionary level above human. And rejecting their human nature, I assume, meant dying. Um, and other things as well. Like they okay. had to like not be human, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, so they actually started in their fir- in their first years. They were not called Heaven's Gate. They were called Human Individual Metamorphosis. They at one point were called Total Overcomers Anonymous. They had a variety of different names as they were going through different recruitment times. But so they they kind of changed their name. But they weren't called Heaven's Gate. And then similarly, they kind of put together their core beliefs back in the 70s. But over time, details kind of changed. So in terms of the like whole by like by discarding their human body piece, like even that was like changed over times. They initially believed that they would be biologically and chemically transformed into extraterrestrial beings in order to, you know, elevate to the next level and would be transported with their bodies aboard a spacecraft that would come to Earth and take the crew to heaven, or next level. But then, unfortunately, Bonnie Nettles, one of the founders, died in 1985, and they were like, well, that's not how things are supposed to happen. This was T, the one called T. And so they said, oh, okay, now we're going to change our beliefs a little bit. (laughs) And so they decided she was allegedly chosen by the next level to be a messenger to Earth, But her body died instead of her leaving physically to outer space. So then they revised it to say that it was about her consciousness leaving the body. And then they started to refer to the body as vehicles. And they started talking about how they themselves were beings or I don't think I ever used the word soul. I can't remember the word they used, but they were like beings who were out who were using the, the vehicles of bodies. And so like at one point they decided... Because in the beginning, they the two, T and Doe, uh, c- decided that they were the witnesses from the Book of Revelation, and they referred to themselves as the two or the UFO two. But they also were making a lot of connections between Applewhite and Jesus, and they had said that he was like a reincarnation of Jesus or he was directly related to Jesus. But at least, and eventually they decided that they were the same extraterrestrial soul that had been put into different bodies or they used the idea of walk-ins. Have you heard of the the Mm -hmm. term walk-ins? When I was reading about it, I had not heard about it, but they talked about it as if it was like a thing that is in uh, like UFO culture or not culture, I guess, but like science fiction and stuff. The concept of walk-ins 
made it so that they could be like clean slates and the things that were a part of their human body, they no longer had to accept. They could erase their human personal histories. And they were instead extraterrestrial beings that would then walk in to inhabit a physical body. And they said that Applewhite was a walk-in, so this like extraterrestrial being that had inhabited Jesus 2,000 years ago and now was inhabiting his body. So they basically were saying he was Jesus. Okay. But also that Jesus was an alien. Yes, they were saying that Jesus <laughs> was an alien. They actually, and I didn't even get into this. I don't, I don't know if I even have this in here. But they, they have a whole like thought train about um, there's like these Luciferians who are extraterrestrials who are then acting as God and then dupe the entire earth and like there's a whole there's a whole thing they have this like deep rich um theology that is changed to suit their needs and is very complex and that's where listening to a different podcast or a different (laughs) um you know show what do you call this documentary might be really helpful to give some additional information but in general they had these beliefs that basically solidified apple white as jesus that they were all extraterrestrial beings that were just in these vehicles that were were carrying them and that they could abandon all their human history but then also like shed every attachment to this planet and give up all human-like characteristics such as family friends gender sexuality individuality jobs money and possessions And in 1976, they actually stopped recruiting for a while. They started again, but they became really reclusive and they actually instituted a rigid set of behavioral guidelines. And that included banning sexual activity and the use of drugs. So they were really just trying to separate themselves from humans because they were not humans. They were just using the physical bodies as vehicles. I'm going to sound really stupid here. So Heaven's Gate was well before Hellbop then. Initially, yeah. So nineteen seventy. So they already thought that they were you like were aliens in these bodies before this comet with the supposed UFO attached to it came. That's interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't know that at all. I didn't know that either. I thought that they saw Haley's comet or saw. I'm sorry, not Haley's comet. I think Hale-bop. they saw Halebop, and. Uh, that's what I thought, and then adapted or adopted this whole religious belief no, around. They were it. pretty thriving for like years. Interesting. They had a lot of members. They had. A, okay. They did have a lot of members, and also they like the Hale Bop comment. Like thinking of the time we're in, they benefited from the internet becoming this new sensation. Oh uh, yeah. So they they actually had another. Uh, a business that they called Higher Source that like helped to fund them. And I guess I think it was like a web development business or something. And then they had their own website that they used to recruit members. So they were pretty thriving. But in the same way that they changed their beliefs to suit things that happened to them, like when Nettles died, when Hale-Bopp came up, they like kind of wrapped around it a little bit. But their initial beliefs were in place before then. Um, some of the other pieces, in order for them to give up their human po- possessions and kind of live this life that they were supposed to live, um, they had... Um, they came, I don't know, they like lived together and came together. They required that it was only adults over 18. They communally shared everything. And then they always carried a $5 bill and a roll of quarters. And the idea was the $5 bill was to be able to pay for, oh shit, now I forgot what it was. Do you, do you know, Hannah? It was like to be able remember. to pay a fee 
And then the role of quarters was to be able to call home. And they always had these these things huh. in them. They had a $5 bill. And will you Google for me, one of you, yeah. what the $5 bill was for? Because I don't know. It might be in here somewhere in my notes. But just to make sure, because it kind of comes back and it's important. But in addition to, as uh, as I was saying, to like shed the human life, they actually uh, underwent castration. Oh. So eight members, male members of the group, were castrated, including Applewhite. And I think this is funny. They initially attempted castration by having one of the members, who was a former nurse, perform the castration. But it was a very unsuccessful attempt. And oh. the person almost died. And one member then left Heaven's Gate because it was so traumatic. So then they started using a hospital. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but a hospital would actually do it. Though. Apparently, eight of them were castrated, including oh. Applewhite. So do that's, you think a doctor would do that now? I mean, I don't know. That's crazy. Anyway. So that's kind of the belief system of them of them. They're still like believing that they are going to be transformed or or taken to um they're extraterrestrials, they're gonna be transported to the next level, but now they're they're thinking that their bodies would be left behind. So they're still around today. Yeah. There's some because it's not like uh, like Jonestown where everyone died. It's like there was a group of people that still yeah. survived and yeah. they kept the, the love alive. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> one of the primary things that changed over time um, because of Nettle's death and other things was the, the way that you could reach the next level. Or one of the other things that ways that they called it was the evolutionary level above human, T-E-L-A-H. I don't know if they pronounced it like Tila. Or whatever, but they believed that in this other world in our universe, residents would live in pure bliss, nourish themselves by absorbing pure sunlight. And at that next level, they didn't have like the human things of like engaging in sexual intercourse or eating or dying or all of the mammalian things. And they believed that what the Bible called God is actually a high developed extraterrestrial. Okay. And then they also believed, like I said, that there are evil space aliens called the Luciferians who represented themselves as God to the human race and tricked them and kept them from actually developing. Um, And these advanced humanoids have like spacecraft and they can time travel and they have telepathy. And so that's how they were able to pretend to be God and trick the humans for so long. Interesting. Okay. So as... They were um, nearing in the 90s, you know, the, they were firm in this belief that they were going to be able to be picked up onto the evolutionary level above humans, uh, spacecraft, and transported. And they said that this could happen by being physically picked up onto the spacecraft, by having a natural death in which the soul graduates and leaves the human container for the next body, having outside persecution that led to death because they were very aware of certain things like Waco, Texas and other things where there was like this outside persecution of people like having their own religious beliefs and their own like commune and, and acting upon their beliefs. Yeah. So they were very well, aware did of that. Did Waco happen before this? Yes. When did that happen? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then the final thing, area, way that they felt that they could uh, graduate or ascend was through willful exit from the body in a dignified manner. So they were, Applewhite was saying that they might have to abandon their human bodies in order to achieve the next level. 
So that's when they started, you know, having these ideas of like suicide kind of pop up and Mass people started talking about stuff. it. Yeah. They claimed they were against suicide, but they defined suicide as turning against the next level when it is being offered. And they said their human bodies were only vehicles to help them on their journey. And therefore, suicide would be not allowing their consciousness to leave these vehicles in order to join the next level. They would call suicide being alive and particip- and like staying alive and not participating when it was time to leave. Um, go to I the next level. found the answer to the $5. It was apparently for like an interplanetary toll. Oh, that's interesting because there was some reason why they did it while they were on Earth. Oh. And it was like supposed to be some sort of like to pay a fine for something out in the Uh, world. I wonder if what I found was because they found it in their pockets after. Yeah, but don't spoil. No, I'm not spoiling it. Oh my God, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Also, I found out uh, Branch Tavidians was 93. Just a few years before Heaven's Gate. Oh, Before Hailbuck at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, you didn't spoil anything. No, I'm sorry. Mom can cut it out. It's fine. (laughs) Okay, so um, then this brings us up. All of this sets the stage for like coming into the 90s, right? And so now we have our Hale-Bopp story, the comet, and the companion UFO that didn't actually exist but was being talked about coming alongside the Heaven's Gate cult. And they're basically looking for their way off this planet and waiting for the time when the rapture comes and they're able to ascend to their next level by becoming their extraterrestrial awesomeness. So they actually claim on their website, which still exists, by the way, heavensgate.com. I don't know who is paying for that domain, (laughs) but it is like 100% either it's very fake or it is 100% like exactly as it was in the days leading up to the Hale-Bopp oh, crazy. closest uh, passage of Earth. And so as they were coming in to this time, like the Hale-Bopp comet, they did decide that Hale-Bopp was their ticket off this planet. That Hale-Bopp was the way for them to be able to, to leave. However, they actually did not think that it was because there was a companion. And their statement, which is still the top statement on top of their website, says, Whether Hale-Bopp has a companion or not is irrelevant from our perspective. However, its arrival is joyously very significant to us at Heaven's Gate. The joy is that our older member on the evolutionary level above human... This is T they're talking about, our older member, has made it clear to us that Hale-Bopp's approach is the marker we've been waiting for, the time for the arrival of the spacecraft from the level above human to take us home to, quote unquote, their world in the literal heavens. Our 22 years of classroom here on this planet Earth is finally coming to conclusion. Graduation from the human evolutionary level. We are happily prepared to leave this world and go with T's crew. So they had been talking to T and decided that Hale-Bopp was their way off. Now, there's speculation. Like, a lot of people say that it's the Art Bell program and all of that conversation oh. around the companion that fueled and led to the Heaven's Gate incident that we'll talk about here in a second. They are saying that the companion has nothing to do with it. We have our own communication, and our own communication is telling us that oh. Hale-Bopp is the way off of this planet. Yeah. Seems oh. a little coincidental that they start talking UFOs. They start thinking that it's way off the planet. But, you yeah. know, maybe T's talking to them from the great beyond Maybe. or whatever. who knows? Well, I mean, since it's been something that's been part of, like, their 
whole thing since the 70s. I would argue that it was just more of like more opportunistic maybe for Marshall Applewhite than anything else being like, oh, here it is. Here's what I've been talking about for the past 20 years. Like, yeah, but I don't think that it was completely because of Art Bell and that conversation going on. I think more so it would be Applewhite. <laughs> but I think that the fact that there was conversation around UFO is what opened that door yeah. because it wasn't he wasn't ever saying, hey, when a comet comes by or when a giant planet, you know, yeah. or an asteroid comes, he wasn't saying any other item. He was saying a UFO spacecraft. Yeah. And then the Art Bell program and that that dummy, you know, called in and says there's a companion. I think that mm-hmm. was his opportunity. And then he's saving face by saying, oh, no, we got our own message that it's hail by and it has nothing to do because at that point in time everyone's saying there is no companion it's all you know not real so that that's my theory is that i do think it fueled it but the reality is they were deep in this belief system they were going to find a way to to do what they want yeah they would have found some way to make it fit their narrative yeah yeah but despite all that it was in um october 1996 when the group rented a large home they called it the monastery in california in the same month interestingly the group purchased alien abduction insurance. <laughs> I don't know what insurance company did this, but they purchased yeah. an insurance company that would cover up to 50 members and would pay out $1 million per person if they were abducted, impregnated, or killed by aliens. Oh, my God. weird. That an insurance company would do that is That an weird. insurance company would do that. So, anyway, the point is, this is, the again, you know, all setting the stage. They... they purchased this mansion where a bunch of them were living. And on March 22nd, which was the date that Hale-Bopp was closest to Earth, uh, 39 of the members of the Heaven's Gate uh, group, so not all of them, but a lot of them, uh, came into that monastery building mansion where they lived. They took Phenob... I can't pronounce this. Phenobartol... Phenobartol... Phenobar, phenobarbital, phenobarbital, yeah, (laughs) barbital. Oh, there's an extra B. That's why. Okay, phenobarbital. Um, They mixed that with applesauce or pudding, and they washed it down with vodka. Then they had some of the members who, you know, they did this kind of in like a series. It was like fifteen, fifteen, whatever adds up to thirty-nine, fifteen, fifteen, fourteen, or something, fifteen, fifteen, nine. I don't know. 15, 15, 9. 9, That's yeah. math. And they did it in, like, groups because then some of the members then would also secure plastic bags around their heads oh. after they um, ingested the mix to induce asphy- asphyxiation because I believe the drug and vodka mix only, like, made them pass out, basically, and go to sleep, and then oh. they asphyxiated. They were all dressed in identical black shirts and sweatpants and brand-new black-and-white Nike Decades. They all had armband patches reading Heaven's Gate Away Team. And it was one of the many times they that they referenced like Star Trek Away Team. Because they're, yeah. yeah. And then they had their $5 bill and three quarters in their pockets. Here's, this is what I was looking for earlier. It was standard for members to have, um, who had jobs and had to leave the home to have a $5 bill. And it was um, supposed to cover the cost of vagrancy laws. And then the quarters oh. they had in their pocket were to call home from pay phones. So this was like a, kind of a, a joke, a humorous way for them to tell the, the world that they had left the planet by having this $5 in their pockets and three quarters in their pockets because that was their traditional things they would take with them when they left home. Okay. 
Um, but there also was the double meaning of that that was supposed to be their planet transplanet planetary toll. toll. But I mean, that could also be complete speculation of people who like have not everything speculation. I mean, yeah, I'm not. Well, I mean, <laughs> not really, because there's still members that ex- that's true. like were there, alive when this happened. Yes, there, yeah, there were. So anyway, they can they did they were all in their black outfits. They took the mix. They put the asphyxiated thing over their head. The people who were still alive once they died were like arranging the bodies and they would remove the plastic bag, pose the body so that it was laying neatly in its own bed, and they would cover faces and torsos with square purple cloths for privacy. And there were two final members who um had the same ingestion of the drugs and vodka and the and the plastic over their head, but did not have it removed. And that was part of how they figured, I mean, they would have figured it out, but figured out how the process for how they had all killed themselves. And um, because they were dead, they didn't have anyone to remove and put the, the purple yeah. privacy things on them. But so in the end, 39 people died. 21 women, 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72. Some people call these deaths a a mass suicide, a group suicide. Um, Some people call it a murder because there's various ways that you could look at it to call it a a murder. Sorry to interrupt. You can keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I am less inclined to call it a murder when you look at other like famous cult suicides like when you look at jonestown a lot of that was murder because they were forcing people to do it whereas with a lot of the stuff you hear about heaven's gate a lot of it wasn't forced a lot of it was fully like they were fully involved in it they wanted to do it and like you can get into the idea of whether or not they were brainwashed whatever blah 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 but a they were all adults over the age of 18 which in a lot of cults you don't see that a lot of the people are children for sure and they had that in their rules you had to be over 18 to be a part of the group and then also like i said like with people's temple jonestown and stuff like they were shot they were forcibly ingest, like forcibly ingesting the poison, or at the very least, the they were lied to about what they were drinking too, weren't they? Yeah. Lied to, they were just like didn't know. But so, like, I'm more inclined to call Heaven's Gate like truly a mass suicide yeah. as opposed to a murder. Yeah, I, I see that. I kind of agree. Yeah, yeah, that's I I would generally agree too. Um, but some people call it a murder, but the suicides. Um, are estimated to have taken place between March 22nd and March 26th. So March 22nd was that closest date that Hale-Bopp was closest to Earth. And then it was in groups of 15, 15, and 9. Applewhite was the third to last member to die, and it was only the two people who died after him were the ones that didn't, that had the the stuff still on. So Applewhite was there, and they killed everyone else or they they killed themselves everyone else and then he was the last to die before he was cleaned up and everything and then those two people who had been the assistants were the very very last to die before they did all of this they sent out packages to numerous heaven's gate affiliated people that had all of this equipment in it like had like the clothing had the nikes had the armband had the uh, all of this stuff, the plastic bags and the purple, I think it even had the purple cloth possibly. And they like sent all these packages out to other people so that they could do this on their se- on their own and join into this ascension. Yeah. 
Some of them did, I think, that, or committed suicide in other ways. There were a handful, like two or three or four, that um, did follow through other members or committed suicide um, in a different way. And the significance of the Nikes was just because they got a good deal on shoes. <laughs> According to some person who was a surviving member. And the surviving member also said that the identical clothing was used as a uniform to represent unity, which is why they sent that out to everyone else. They did say that Applewhite always used to be a fan of Nikes, so that's partially why they also got the Nikes for everyone, but they wanted everyone to have the common uniform before their ascension. So in March of 1996, 39 people plus a few extras after the fact killed themselves in order to ascend to heaven's gate and maybe they are there right now in order to ride hail bop back to their mothership yep interesting Hmm. the end sad who's to say it's not true that they aren't on that they're not aliens that Mm. are trapped in human bodies that's a good story it was a good story it was a good story i'm i've always been so interested in heaven's gate and like, well, I'm interested in like the nature of cults to begin with, yeah. Me but too. I think specifically Heaven's Gate is so interesting in that it felt wholly voluntary, and it felt mm-hmm. like I don't know, like a lot of the people who were members of Heaven's Gate had like well-paying jobs. They were some were scientists, and like it was a group of people that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be taken advantage of in the way that a lot of other people who are part of cults are. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I've always, and then the fact that there weren't children involved, there wasn't sex involved. Like a lot of these death Mm -hmm. cults are also sex cults at one point. And like, there weren't really crimes being committed. So I don't know. I I view it very differently than I would view a lot of other cults. And I think that's why it became a joke, right? Because they harmed no one but themselves and they voluntarily harmed themselves. I mean, I definitely think there's issues with anyone claiming to be a guru guide prophet uh, messiah, any of that, Mm -hmm. because you are misleading in in that and you're preying on people's desire to believe and to, you know, ascend to a heaven of some sorts. And so I think there's issue there, but you're right that it wasn't um, it wasn't fully taking advantage of vulnerable populations in the way that some others do. There's some taking advantage there, but not to the same extent. And so then it can become a joke, right? Like the, yeah. the Saturday after um, the mass suicides, uh, Saturday Night Live did a skit about it. Oh, wow. And I was like, are you oh, kidding wow. me? Like, that seems <laughs> intense. And I don't, I don't know the details of the skit, but it's like, and then it was on that I Love the 90s show that I saw. Like, it really felt like it became a joke. Well, and yeah. I've seen, like, memes on the internet that are, like, pictures of the people after the suicide has been committed of, like, like, I feel like most people who know about Heaven's Gate have seen at least a picture of, like, the the mansion after the suicides and it was like because the nike they were like just do it Mm -hmm. and it's like that that's taking it too far yeah (laughs) you're still joking about a lot of people dying yeah i don't know and even if it was by their choice yeah like like i said it was weird to see that room at the museum of death there was also a room for for the manson cult though and that one was worse but you didn't really t- touch much on, like, uh, Applewhite's videos that he would have. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. They're fucking nuts. Yeah. That man was truly insane. And he, yeah, he had, um, 
And he had a video of like things that are still on the website even yeah. now that you can see. So if you're interested in this, like I just did a gloss over level and like connected it back to the comment more. But this runs deep. Like there's lots of there's transcripts on the website. There's um, where's the other one? Statements on the website. There's Doe's intro. That's an excerpt from the book. There's videotapes. I guess you would have to order the videotapes. So I guess maybe, but there's transcriptions of the videotapes. So I think that's really fascinating to me that like yeah. someone is still paying. And it's not like someone's paying for this in that there are still members of Heaven's Gate and they're updating it. Like this is, it's either fake in some way, I don't know. Or it is exactly as it was on March 21st, 1996. And yeah. I find that so fascinating. <laughs> it is. So you can dig way, way, way deeper into this. Um, I just more wanted to give a surface level little overview of how uh, it's an interesting thing to me, how the the majestical and majestic, I guess there's no majestical. That's not a word, is it? Mystical, majestic um, world that we don't understand. And when it comes close to us through things like eclipses, or lunar or solar eclipses, comets, meteor showers, yeah. when this outside uh, world exists and comes close to us, how it can spark ideas mm -hmm. and then how like individuals talking about things like, uh, you know, a companionship or just theorizing about things that end up being completely false can kind of fuel different ideas and yeah. fantastical ideas. That's the word I'm looking for. Fantastical. fantastical. <laughs> and then action can be taken. And I think that that's just such an interesting progression. Yeah. So that yeah. was what I wanted to focus my story on. But you can dig really deep into some of the specifics around the group a little bit. Well, more. and on that, that point in general, I think that that is like just speaks to the the nature of humanity to like want to answer the unexplained and so like for a lot of other things not just something like heaven's gate but like religion in general or like folk tales like things like that that you see one thing that is unexplainable from the natural world that could eventually at one point become explained and you like spin it into this thing in order to explain your entire life yeah because like we don't understand a lot about humanity a lot about nature and so it's then, just like using that that like creative, I guess, preset that humans seem to have of like spinning the story in order for it to match the narrative that you want it to. Yeah. And how that shows up so many times in, yeah. in human it, it history. Does. Yeah. And how it and, and in this specific case, like they had their ideology, right? Like they had what they were already and it was connected to extraterrestrials and it was connected to being, you know, on some sort of spacecraft to leave this earth. And they took these signs from the natural world that were beyond, un not entirely beyond understanding. I mean, there were astronomers who were like, um, that's a comet. <laughs> it's yeah. made of gas and ice. And that is not a UFO. But, you know, something that's beyond like your own day to day comprehension. And they did literally spin it to fit the narrative they had already created. So yeah. it's in addition to being this interesting like arc of seeing this progression, it's also a really good example of what we do as humans every day, the way we take the news to spin it to match what I have already determined is the right or wrong and the way that we take our religion to match what already brings me comfort and what I know will make me feel better. 
And so we use that as evidence to support what I've already decided. Like it is such a part of human nature. It's it's really interesting. Yeah. And sad, is. right? Like sad. Yeah. yeah. It can be sad. Well, I, I think mean, in sometimes this instance, it's just a thing. In this instance, it's sad. But sometimes <laughs> I think it can be sad in a broader do. way too, just that we are so starved for Answers. understanding. Yeah. <laughs> Answers yeah. and and feeling of safety and comfort that we are grasping sometimes. I'm not saying that every single conclusion everyone makes is like grasping at straws, (laughs) but I just feel like a lot of the time we are. We're grasping at straws to make sense of this world that we live in, and I find that really sad. But sometimes that's what brings us like some of the best innovations, some of the best inventions, some of the best stories, or you know what I mean? Like, I guess it depends on because it depends on who's doing it. And it depends on who's doing it and the outcome and it depends on your intention. I don't know. But I see where it can be sad. And it's a part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Since the beginning of time. Since the l- beginning of land time. <laughs> for all for land, all for land all time. Land time. <laughs> that, that's not the words, right? <laughs> No, I don't think so. <laughs> there's a part there's a part of me that still thinks it sounds right. For all land time. That was a good story, Kelly. It was a good story. Yay. Yay. I well, mean sad, but yay. Yeah. Mm. Fun things, bad things. I mean, we only tell fucked up things here, so. Yeah. Yeah, but I always tell the lightest hearted of the fucked up always, things. always, but a lot. You said a that. lot of time. I know. And then I listened to that <laughs> podcast when you said that you specifically wanted to tell a more lighthearted story because I was giving you shit for always telling yes. dark ones. And I really appreciated it. And I was sad that I was not there. <laughs> and it was a really good story. And I heard you also say something about needing to be nice to me because I listened and Salem said to every single episode and I said, yep. <laughs> I know you do because you always talk about it. I, I do. It's great. I, I, I think, think the number should. of times that somebody on this podcast has been like, well, I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> they should be slapped in the face. <laughs> I know that a lot of people don't listen to their own like work, you know, so like I get that not listening, but I also think that when you're building something, you know, you want to listen yeah. and improve and, and if you think yeah. you're, and if you're not on them, especially, right? Like, it's like, I understand people are like, I'm not going to go watch the episode of the TV show I just filmed. But if you're not on it, you yeah. want to support. Then absolutely. I made a point to, to listen to Evie's episode. <laughs> yeah, I still need to listen to Because I Evie's. wasn't on it. <laughs> she did a great job. She did a really great job. And I think the stuff that she talked about, you and James would be into, you should listen to it together. I know. That, yeah. I don't want to listen to yeah. it because I'm sad I wasn't on it because I would have had a lot to say. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, man, James and Hannah should be here right now. <laughs> they would have loved it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyways. Well, I think it's time to move on to... Things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. Yeah. Wow. Ah, yeah. <laughs> All it's right. It's getting longer if everyone's going to make a noise at the end. Ah, yeah. I want to go first. <laughs> okay, go. Um, just because Kelly talking about looking at the sky in Arizona and New Mexico reminded me. Um, so James and I went on a vacation to Arizona and my thing that doesn't suck is that I saw UFO and I think that's really yeah, fucking cool. Yeah, we should have talked about we this more We should have talked about it more. part, yeah. Um, yeah, so we were driving at like 
two in the morning in Arizona and we took the roads through like a mountain instead of driving through Phoenix. And there's a little mountain off to the side of us. James is asleep. And he literally said to me, wake me up if you see an alien. And then not 10 minutes later, I'm driving and I see a little light in the sky and it was so, so bright. And then it shoots down below the mountain as fast, like so fast, faster than humanly possible. And then it like left a little trail of light behind it. And I was like, James, I saw an alien. <laughs> he fell asleep at the wrong time. Yeah, <laughs> shit, like you just fell asleep. That's what would happen to me. That would be me, Grandpa, Kelly, funny, yeah. all of us, yep. except for you, apparently. It was pretty fucking cool. All of us who really want to see I something. guess James's <laughs> desire to see it and also bad luck trumped yours. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to hang out with dad more. I was just going to say, we need to hang out with people who are less lucky in seeing paranormal That would be events. dad. That, that would, would be dad. dad. Let's just yeah. always hang out with dad. And then, no, because he would get so mad if we hung out with him all and the time. We and we're things. like, did you see that? And he'd be like, no. <laughs> no, maybe the opposite approach that we always, well, we need to hang out with dad and, and he goes asleep and then maybe we would see it. But I, uh, the opposite approach could be hanging out with people who always see things, right? Because then, well, like, yeah, but be... I don't know anybody that always sees well, things. Hannah's so me. Far well, Hannah's so Well, let's just hang out with so Hannah more. I've seen two UFOs but not now. James. <laughs> but not James. James can't come. No, James, actually, if you want to see aliens, James has had some weird fucking like, shit so do hang out with james if you want to okay. see aliens I, i'm convinced yeah. i'm convinced i wouldn't have seen that ufo if james wasn't there mm-hmm. <laughs> oh so maybe that's the approach you with someone who has but good luck in seeing things and yeah. then we make them fall asleep yeah so then we steal their luck yeah. <laughs> exactly and we see the things and that's exactly how luck works oh man <laughs> all right well i'm gonna go next because my happy thought just happened in the middle of this podcast. My computer has been acting up and it's been giving me a lot of fits and a lot of trouble. And we really don't have the money to buy a new computer. But George went out and bought me a new computer. So that Aww. was really nice. Yay. And that doesn't mean that the quality of our podcast is going to be any better. Hopefully it means that it will be um, released more consistently because that has been a struggle. And, and but, hopefully it'll make I mean, your you're still, life easier. You're still just going to get this, guys. But <laughs> we're all going to yeah, be happy. We're <laughs> not going to get any better or more, you know, succinct with any of our points. I or mean, anything. we record the way we record, right? It doesn't matter. But no, this is good. This is a good thing. So that's my happy thought. Okay, I guess I can go next. Um, my thing that doesn't suck is the last weekend... Kyle and I and Quincy and Kenny went to go camping for my birthday and we went down to 11 mile and it was really nice and it's a protected night sky and it was at like the tail end of whatever meteor shower was happening last week. And that's a fitting. That's fitting. Yeah, see, yeah. I know. I didn't even think about it until you were telling your story and I texted Kyle in the middle of it and I was like, can we get a telescope? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta um, bring it over here. But, uh, my specific thing that doesn't suck about that event was that the tent that mom and George let us borrow was so nice. Ooh, it's, it's not nice even that tent. fancy of a tent, but it's really easy it's to set nice up tent. and it's a nice size and it's got a porch on it's it. It's got a little sub Ooh. porch on it. And it's pretty affordable. And Kyle and I are going to buy one of our own. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. I'm glad that you were able to go down there. I didn't know that's where you went. Matt and I went with our friends, Steve and Beth, to 11 mile like a month or two ago oh nice yeah Yeah, it was like really easy to sign up i like got a spot in like may it was like kind of late i didn't expect to get anything that late yeah it was like all available for when i was trying to go and i ended up being able to pick a spot that was like it was like close to the lake 
but it wasn't too close to the lake that I was worried about being like flooded out or, you know, it was really, really nice. That's cool. I'm glad you got to look at this guy too. We went for two nights and the first night we were like, oh, we're tired. We'll look more tomorrow. Matt didn't get the telescope out. And the second night we had a huge storm and we all were in our beds by way early. Yeah. I feel kind of bad because Quincy didn't come until the second night. And like the first night it was like super clear and Kyle and I were like looking at the sky and then the second night we could like totally we couldn't even have a fire. It was so rainy. Oh, so you we had like spent the, same the whole time experience. just playing board games in the tent. In the tent. Yeah. But I got everybody to play Encore and everybody actually really liked Encore. <laughs> oh, like nice. everybody was really hesitant about playing and they were like, You mean I have to sing? And I'm like, Yeah, but it's not about singing. Yeah, it's about remembering it's about the, the song. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's fun. Yeah, but everybody had a really good time. It was really fun. Nice. Yay. Yay. Well, my happy thought was just that I really like this flavor of Starbucks refresher that has the little pineapples in it. Ew. Yeah, good. You I don't think it's like pretty that good, one? actually. It's okay. <laughs> the, when you put the inclusions in it, it just looks like scrambled eggs. And so it weirds yeah. me out sometimes. Oh, I can see that for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. And well, when they're not in the drink, they just look like little popcorns. Mm-hmm. But I like it. I don't really like pineapple, but I like that. And I might be because it came out right after I came back from Hawaii. Uh, and it's, it's very, pineapple yeah. passion fruit and it like drinking it makes me think of Hawaii. I think that's why I like it because it's summery and it is tropical. Yeah. I want to go to a tropical. Yeah, place. I think that's I better with black tea. George and I have Hawaii. been trying to relive Ooh. Mexico for like the last well, I saw couple of months. George point out a shirt to you yesterday. He was like, oh, this is really Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> we're still trying to relive it. But I don't know if you guys have seen the show The Resort, but that's one of the ways that we're reliving it. It's actually a really, really good show. It's on, I think it's on HBO Max. So... You have to have that app, but it's got like weird paranormal stuff and it's like on a resort. So you got the tropical stuff and it's just like, we're really enjoying it. So that's fun. I recommend it. Nice. And then we should probably, anybody got anybody, anything else to say or should we sign off? Watch the skies. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. For your, for your escape from planet earth. It's up there somewhere somewhere all you gotta do is drink some kool-aid that's not wrong cult oh, right. damn it all you, also gotta actually... all you gotta do is oh. eat some applesauce we always <laughs> bought flavor aid because we were poor remember guys i do remember that <laughs> um Grape. which is funny because kool-aid specifically kool-aid isn't even that expensive <laughs> <laughs> no but we, we were just that poor we were just that poor <laughs> um, um where can they find us bell they can find us at ffs the podcast on most platforms we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on the instagrams and you can search for us at ft family story time it's e-f-f-e-d of family story time and my little shimmies thanks for tuning in you can reach us at ffs the podcast at gmail.com Yes. Um, Comment. Yeah. Share us, us with your friends. Tell us your stories. Rate yeah. us on your platform that you Please. listen. Tell me if you also saw that UFO. Yeah. If you see a UFO or if you have an encounter with Bigfoot. Yeah. Or if you've We're been on a squatch hunt. touched by a ghost. Or if you are in a cult. Or if you're yeah. in a cult. If not, you need help. If you just want to say hey. Let us know. We'll we're not try necessarily to the people to contact if you I need mean, help. But we we'll might try. show up but we'll, and do our best. If you're in a cult, I'll listen to you and call the police. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Great. Great. Bye. Bye. Love you, Shemmies.